and the truth will make you free. But we also add it, and it will cause you to see. Amen? And once again, this, this can be one of the most important things you have ever learned about God. Now, we just sung that song, we wanted to go higher in God. Amen? But this is one of the ways you go higher in God, by getting the revelation of what I'm going to teach tonight. Anybody want to get higher in God? Hallelujah. So turn your Bibles once again to Ephesians chapter 4. We know this speaks about how the Lord gave gifts unto men and the purpose of those gifts. When we look at verse 12, it states, for the perfecting of the what? For the perfecting of the what? Saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying or building up of the what? Body of Christ. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a what? Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And verse 14 states that we henceforth be no more children. And we know to be no more children means you were children at one time. Amen? Amen? Amen. But you shouldn't be a child anymore. Right. There has to come a point in your Christian life and your Christian walk where you grow up. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? There has to be a time in your Christian life and your Christian walk where you grow up. You should not be a child if you've been in the, in the, in the things of God for 10 and 15 and 20 years. I didn't get a big amen there either. Amen. amen. It's time to grow up. Tell your neighbors, time to grow up. Glory to God. But once again, here are the indicators that you're still a child. It says, no more children. It says, toss what? To and fro. And then it says, carried about with everyone to what? Doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to what? Deceive. And we know children are easily fooled. We know this in the natural. Amen. Two or three year olds, you tell them something, they believe it. Amen. Children are easily, easily deceived, easily fooled, but adults, however, are not. So the question is, how do you grow up? How do you grow up from being a child into an adult? Verse 15 tells us, but speaking the truth in love, then it says, may grow up into him in how many things? And all things, which is ahead, even Christ. So it says here, the key to growing up is speaking the truth in love. Say that out loud. Speaking the truth in love. Say it again. Speaking the truth in love. Say it one more time. Speaking the truth. Put emphasis on that truth now. Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Now, it sounds so simple, but it's something that you have to develop in. Amen? And we know there are, de there are degrees of deception, and there are degrees of honesty. Come on. Has anyone ever been partially honest with you? In other words, they give you the truth, but not the whole truth. And the reason there are degrees of honesty is because of all the falseness, amen, all the falseness is not discerned. Why? Because you and I were born into a realm of falseness. Come on, we heard it and we fed on it, and we fed on it our entire life. Are you with me out here? And the only ones that are broken away from it in any degree are those who fed on the word of truth. And see, the more we grow up, the more we develop in truth. Let me say it again. The more we grow up, the more we develop in what? Truth. But how do you grow up? Speaking the truth. Speaking, put emphasis on that truth. Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. And how many things? How many things? All things. Let's turn over to eight, John chapter 8, verse 31. I said, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my what? Disciples indeed. And you shall know the, and you shall know the 
true, and the truth shall make you free. There must be something special about this group because you came back this Wednesday. Come on, say, I'm special. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you weren't here last Wednesday, you got to get the CD. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. But it says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. And we found out lies, lies bind you, and lies blind you. Say it again. Lies bind you, and lies blind you. People are in bondage because they're blind. And people are blind because they believe lies and they don't see the truth. Amen. Go back to Ephesians 4.15. How do you grow up again? Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in how many things? All things which is ahead, even who? Christ. Then he says in verse 17... Amen. Verse 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you what? Henceforth, listen to this now, henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the what? The vanity and their mind. And we know the word vanity is a word that is closely associated with lies. Vanities and lies go together. And vanity means empty. It means worthless. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Then in verse 18 it says, having the, having the understanding what? Darkened. Then it says, being alienated from the life of God. Being what? Alienated from the life of God through the what? Through the ignorance that is in them because of the what? Because of the blindness of their heart. See, what's keeping them from the life, what's keeping them from the life of God, it says here? says the blindness of what? Ignorance, which is the result of lies. The blindness of ignorance, which is what? The result of what? Lies. Look at verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto what? Lasciviousness, which means looseness, lack of restraint, lack of self-control. Of course, you know, anything is okay. Everything is all right. Come on, say amen, somebody. It says to work all what? Uncleanliness with greediness. But verse 20 said, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in who? The truth is in who? Jesus. He is the truth. When he was manifested in the world, the truth was manifested in the world. Come on, say amen, somebody. But we also talked about how pride makes you susceptible to deception. And humility is your protection from deception. Yeah. Let's say it again. Humility is your protection from what? Deception. And see, people get off track because why? They don't want to receive correction. And if you yield yourself to correction and you put on humility, turn to 1 Peter 5, 5. People get off because they don't want to receive correction. And if he yields yourself to correction, you put on humility, which is hard for people. 1 Peter 5, 5. It says, likewise, you younger, submit yourself unto the what? Elder. Yeah, all of you be subject one to another and be what? Clothed with humility. For God does what? He does what? He resists the proud and give of grace to the humble. If you submit yourself unto the elder and close yourself with humility, God will be right there with you and he'll help you from being deceived. Come on, you with me out here? And then we read in Jeremiah 49 in the NIV where it says, the pride of your heart have deceived you. The pride of your heart has what? deceived you. See, pride makes you susceptible to being easily deceived. Say it again. Pride makes you what? Susceptible to being easily what? Deceived. Now go once again to Proverbs 6.16. We'll see why this is such an issue of God. 
pride, lying. Why is this an issue of God? Proverbs 6, 16, it says, these six things does the Lord what? He don't like it, just, he just likes a little bit. He's just all right with it sometimes. He says what? Does the Lord what? Hate. Yes, seven are what? An abomination of him. That means you really don't like something when it's an abomination. Are you with me out there? So, number one, verse 17, a what? Proud look. A what? Proud look. That means you come in with an attitude. How many times people come in with an attitude? Oh, come on, say amen. If you have an attitude, it's a problem, folks. To your neighbor, it's a problem. See, God loves you, but he hates people with attitudes. Are you with me out there? Number two, it's a lying tongue. He hates it. Lying tongue, he hates it. And hands that shed innocent blood, and a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and run into mischief. But in verse 19 it says, and false witnesses that speaketh lies, and he that sowed discord among his brethren. He already talked about lying, but then he mentions it again. Whenever God mentions something more than once, you need to pay attention. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, the seven or two of them are about deception. And you find deception is involved in all the rest of them. But why would God hate it? We found out Satan is full of pride and deception. Matter of fact, we read in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel and Isaiah that iniquity was found in him. He said, I will. Come on, that was pride talking. See, there is something that he created, talking about the devil. And you read about it in John 8. See, we know all the other things the devil has done has just been distortions and perversion of what God has made. But there's one thing the devil actually created, and that is lying. Somebody say lying. And now you can begin to see why God hates pride and why God hates lying, because why? It is the core of the devil himself. It is his person. Come on, say, God hates lying. God hates deception. And he hates pride. Why? Because that's the devil's character. And think about it. What has pride and lying that the devil has breathed on mankind and the earth resulted in? It has resulted in destruction on a global level. Because you think about it, all the killing that we see today, all the stealing that we see today, come on, and all the destroying that's happening from generation to generation is because people believe lies about how they were, what they could do, what they could do to other people. And through their pride and their deceiving, millions and millions of people have been destroyed. And it's all based because of lies. And now you, know, now you can see no wonder God hates it because of what it has done to his creation and to his own people. Because John 8, 44 states, say, look at that. You are of your what? Your father, the devil. And the less of your father you will do, he was a murderer from the beginning and he abode not in a truth. In other words, he was in the truth at one time, but he turned away from it. Amen? Because there's no what? Truth in him. It says, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. Lying is uniquely satanic. Let me say it again. Lying is uniquely satanic. There's really nothing more devilish than a lie. It doesn't get any more satanic than deception. It's uniquely his. For he is a liar and the father of it. Glory to God. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be all right. John 8, 45. It says, 
And because I tell you the truth, you what? You believe me not. Why? Because they, they didn't want the truth. They were hearing the truth. The Bible says numerous of the leaders believed he was the one. But they wouldn't confess him because of other people. In other words, they chose a lie because of fear. They chose a lie because of what? Fear. Look at verse 46. Which of you convinces me of sin? If I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 47. He that is of God, hear of what? Hear of what? Hear of God's words. Says you therefore not, do you therefore hear them not because you are what? Because you are what? Not a God. But we have been begotten of the word of truth. The incorruptible seed is truth and Jesus is the truth. So it's the seed of Jesus we were born of. Come on, are you with me out here? But by and large, the body of Christ has not taken lying seriously. Go to John 17, 16. Once again, by and large, the body of Christ has not taken lying seriously. Why? Because lying is tolerated in varying degrees. And I'm not surprised because what? The world that we're in is just full of lies. Anybody found that out yet? All you got to do is turn on TV. All you got to do is look at who's running for president. Come on. On both sides. <laughs> World full of lies. Come on. I didn't inhale. Oh, y'all don't know that one, huh? I, I mean, somebody should know it. Your president said I didn't inhale. You don't remember that? <laughs> I didn't have sex. I didn't lie about what happened over there in Benghazi. Lies. This world is built on lies, full of lies. Almost everything you see, everything you hear, everything you around you has a lie about it. Come on, are you with me out here? John 17, 16 says, they are not of the Read it again. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Now, we know in John 13, 35, he says, by this, y'all kind of slow up there on my computer. John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love one to another. How, how do you know your disciple? If you have love one to another. And then we read time and time again where it says in John 8, 31, then said Jesus, then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you what? My disciples indeed, and you shall know the Truth and the truth shall make you free. Are you with me out there? But here in John 17, 16, he takes it a little further. It says, they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Y'all going to have to follow me because they kind of slow back there. Amen. Thy word is what? True. Now it says here, it's by the truth that is evident that we are not of the world. Let me say it again. It says here, it's by the truth that is evident that we are not of the world. The word sanctified means separate. Say separate. So what sets us apart from the world? Number one is true. 
Somebody say true. See, that doesn't change what Jesus said when he said people will know we're his disciples by the love, by, uh, by us loving each other. We're talking about two different things. What makes us different from the world is says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What separates us from the world is true. What's so sad is people don't know who you are because of lies that come out of our mouth. And the church has not taken this serious. Quickly turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. We tolerate it. <laughs> but after today, I hope you don't tolerate it no more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 says, Even him whose coming is after the working of who? Working of who? Satan with all power and signs and what? Lying wonders. With all deceivableness of unrighteous in them that what? Perish. Because they receive not the what? They receive not the what? Love of the truth that they might be what? Saved. And for this cause God shall send them what? Strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And that they all might be damned who believe not the truth. But had pleasure in what? Unrighteousness. Well, what does this mean? Well, if you don't want the truth, there's nothing left to believe except lies. And listen, the moment you say you don't want a truth, and resisting that truth, you just yield it to the enemy. And now he knows he can bring you a lie. Because you don't want the truth. Let me say that again. The moment you say you don't want a truth, in resisting that truth, you just yielded to the enemy, and now he knows he can bring you a lie because you don't want the truth. Listen, it is deadly dangerous to refuse truth. It's dangerous not to walk in light, folks. See, when the Lord shows us something and the truth of his word illuminates us and you don't like it, you decide you just want to push it aside, it's dangerous. It's dangerous because why? It's dangerous because the enemy will be right there. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. He'll go, oh, you don't like that truth, so believe this. I got something for you. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Go back to Ephesians 4.15. This is where we started, right? But speaking the truth in what? Love may grow up in him, into him in all things, which is ahead even Christ. We'll go down to verse 22. It said that you put off concerning the what? Former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the Deceit for lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Verse 25, O oh Lord. Wherefore what? Putting away lying. Speak every man what? True with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Notice the emphasis in this chapter is on lying. He's talking to the church. And the emphasis on what? Lying. He says in verse 25, wherefore putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his what? Neighbor. For we are what? Members one of another. Lying to your neighbor or sister in Christ, brother in Christ, is like lying to yourself. Why? 
Because we're members one of another. Keep reading. Verse 26. Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Then verse 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Get off the phone texting back there. Say, neighbor. Neither give place to the devil. Turn to another neighbor. Say, neighbor. Neither give place to the devil. Listen, one of the main ways place is given to the devil is to yield to a lie, to believe a lie, and especially to tell a lie. Ooh, Lord. Why? Because yielding to truth is yielding to Jesus. Yielding to truth is yielding to the word of God. Come on, it's yielding to the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth. It's giving place to the truth. See, growing up in this false world, you learn phoniness from your parents and your teachers. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. And see, phoniness, they don't even see anymore because why? They've been that way for 60 years. Insincerity. Saying things they don't mean. Or saying things you don't mean. 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 Saying things that, that you know aren't true. This is tolerated. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. And we've all grown up like this. Different degrees of it is tolerated. Somebody say tolerated. But God hates anything false. God hates anything false. God hates anything deceptive. He hates it. It's, it's, he hates it because it's evil. It's evil. It's evil. And if we haven't seen how evil it is, we need a revelation. And he talks about this throughout this whole chapter, and he says, neither give place to who? To the devil. See, listen, when you see stealing, when you see killing, when you see destroying that means the devil has been given access, elsewise he couldn't do it. And one of the main ways place is given to the devil is yielding to a lie. Yielding to a what? Lie. And let me give you two of the big reasons why people tell lies, including Christians, including preachers. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on now, nobody's pointing the finger. Because it would be totally impossible to find one person in here who has never told a lie. But just hopefully not recently. <laughs> Hallelujah. And understand this, people start so young. Little ones who can't even talk good. Barely able to walk. You hear the cookie jar lid rattle. And you go in there and there's cookie crumbs all over the counter. Chocolate all on their face. You ask them, have you been in the cookie jar? They quickly say, what? No. And give me that look. No. <laughs> Crumbs coming out of their mouth now. Now, we laugh, but really and truly, laughing is the wrong response. 
See, I know why we're laughing, because I laugh too, but listen, you won't be laughing in another 12 or 13 years when you ask them, did you take money out of my purse? But that cookie jar is where it started. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Now, I'm not saying you act crazy and you yell and scream at them. Come on, say amen, somebody. But I'm saying you have to begin to show them right then that lying is not acceptable. Oh. That's not funny. Now, you may have to hide your face because you're trying to hold yourself back from laughing. Come on. But when you get through, you go, that's not funny, and that's not right. Come on, you get on them and say, did you get in a cookie jar? And you get them to repent. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because you have to make sure they stay in the truth. Why? Because that's how this works. Those little lies turn into big lies. And we don't take it serious. Look at 1 Timothy 4.2. Those little lies turn into big lies. You'll find people that are pathetic liars today. They started with them little small lies. Now they got to the point you don't, they don't even know if they're telling the truth themselves or not. They start believing their own lies. <laughs> they don't even know the difference anymore. They lie just for fun of them, just see if they can get somebody to believe them. <laughs> First Timothy 4, 2, it says, speaking lies in what? Hypocrisy. What's it say? Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now you see why everybody didn't show up Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> So the first lie you tell is going to bother you tremendously. The second one a lot, but not quite as much. And the more lies you tell, it bothers you less and less and less. Because why? Because you are being more and more deceived yourself and blinded. And one of the most despicable terms which we say all the time is that a little white lie. Well, I love them too much to tell them the truth. The truth will hurt them. I just love them too much. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. The truth is that that truth is hurt. What you're not telling is hurting you, because now you're living with a lie, and that lie is conflicting with the truth that's on the inside of you. Oh, come on! And so you have to make up your mind that lying is not an option. It's not in our list to pick from in responses. Say it again. It's not in our list to pick from in responses. We either tell the truth or we don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk or we don't answer. Whatever, but lying must not be an option. Tell your neighbor, lying must not be an option. And two of the biggest reasons you have lied, and I have lied at, at, in times past, is pride and fear. Pride and fear. Why would you tell somebody that you have $1,000 in the bank when you only have $5? Why? Because you're seeking to impress. It's not that bad. It's worse than you know. 
Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? It is, it is as devilish as it gets for you to purposely tell something you know is not true. And try to deceive somebody who is your brother or sister. Come on, say amen, somebody. You're trying to convince them to believe a lie. And see, that's what the enemy of your soul does every day of your life. Try to convince you to believe a lie, believe something that's not true, that is true. And it's evil. Tell your neighbor, it's evil. Why would you say it's worth a million dollars when it's only worth 750? Exaggerating. How many times Christians exaggerate? Why would you exaggerate? Think about it. Children want their parents to be impressed. So they stretch it. They embellish. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the same thing with spiritual children and spiritual elders. You want your spiritual elder to think well of you. You want them to think that I'm doing good. I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen something different about a person. And I ask them, is there anything wrong? Is everything all right? Because I see a change in them. But they'll look me dead in the eye and say, I'm cool. And I know they're lying. I know something is going on in their life that is not right. But they want me to think that they're doing good. Oh, I'm preaching good. Yeah. Now, don't raise your hand, but have you ever said something, and when you walked away, you go, why did I say that? Why? You wanted them to be impressed. Is anybody getting this today? And what the problem is, you're more insecure than you want to admit. <laughs> but it is not a semi, listen, it is not a semi-innocent thing that everybody just needs to work on. No, folks. Tell your neighbor, no. When you choose to purposely lead astray or deceive, you are active. Listen to me now. You are actively yielding to the father of lies. And listen to me closely. And you are giving him access into your life. And it's not okay. Tell your neighbor, it's not okay. And it's not innocent. And it's not harmless. It's deadly dangerous. Pride. Exagger exaggerating. Embellishing. Come on, how, you, how many people did you witness to? It must have been at least 100, but it's only five. Are you busy? Yeah, I'm extremely busy. I don't have time right now while you're sitting down watching TV. Tell them I'm not home. Oh, hallelujah. This is not okay, folks. Tell your neighbor it's not okay. Why? Because it gives place to the enemy. And see, so you'll talk to them about what's, well, you'll talk to, talk to people, talk to them about what are they doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And they won't talk specifics. <laughs> Why? Because they think it sounds small compared to where somebody else is. So they just keep what? Talking and bigging things up. And they struggle. And they struggle. And they struggle because Why? Listen, God can't get involved with your pretending. Amen. 
He cannot bless pretending. And you're trying to get him to bless your falseness. And it's not going to happen. Fear. If I tell them, I get kicked out. They won't want, they, they, they won't want to fellowship with me anymore. Listen, folks. It is as serious as lies being cut short and people dying prematurely. That's how serious it is. Tell your neighbor, it's serious. Husband and wives hiding things from each other because of fear if they knew they would leave me. So they were asked 30 times and they lied 30 times. And listen, and what that works, listen to me closely, it's a serious folks. What that works is a pocket in you that now the devil has. Are you following me out here? And if any kind of symptom comes up in your body, he will immediately tell you, you've got no right to resist this. You know your heart is condemning you from all those lies. Hiding and nursing and covering as actively giving place and allowing the enemy into your life. And if he gets any place, if it's, listen, and if he gets any place, he's going to kill, he's going to steal, and he's going to destroy. Second Timothy 2.24. I wasn't expecting y'all to run around and jump. the Bible say? 2 Timothy 2.24 And the servant of the Lord must not what? Strive, but be what? Gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them what? Give them what? Repentance uh, to the what? The acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. See, you don't have to have somebody pray for you. You don't have to have somebody lay hands on you. You just repent and acknowledge the truth. If you just confess the truth, you'll be delivered immediately. The truth will make you free. But if you hide and you cover, then the enemy has a place. See, nobody in me in church may know what you're doing. Because you can hide it very well. Come on, you can go off island and do some things and don't nobody know. Get on that cruise line and drink up a storm. Don't nobody see you. They don't nobody know me on this boat. With somebody I ain't supposed to be with. Come on, but they didn't see us get on the boat when we went to Florida. <laughs> Not realizing you may have hidden it from us, but you didn't hide it from God. He did hide it from the devil. Because now he's sitting back and saying, they have now given me place. Hallelujah. Somebody say no more. Yeah, I didn't say it strong enough. Somebody say no more. Come on, say no more. Come on, say in the name of Jesus. 
I hate lying. I despise deception. I will give it no place. As we come to a close, I didn't say it was closing, we're coming to a close. So I'm not lying. <laughs> Turn to John 4, 23. Because somebody showed me, somebody back in the back showed me this little cartoon talking about preachers lie. <laughs> and they talk about how they, they say they go, this, this is my last scripture. <laughs> <laughs> so as we come to a close, John 4.23, I ain't going to say who gave, showed me that. Now this is another side of this that is so exciting, folks. Jesus said in verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers when true what? When true what? Listen, if they are true worshipers, what other kind of worshipers are there? Phony worshipers. For example, do a side step. Go to Luke 18:10. Like the man in Luke 18:10, where it says here, two men went up to tent to what, what went up to the temple to pray. The one was a Pharisee and the other one was a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not huh, as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican praying beside me. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not even lift up so much of his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he says in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. He that humble himself shall be exalted. But notice it says in verse 11, it says he was praying with himself. God's not even hearing him. <laughs> well, Job 35, 13 says, Surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty even regard it. You don't even hear it. See, when you have vanity in your heart, God won't even hear you. Folks. Matter of fact, you know, I wasn't going to turn there, but I, I had to add it in there. Go to Isaiah 59. Look what it says about lying and vanity. Remember, I told you they're closely related. Isaiah 59 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his, hid his face from you, and he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, and your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness, None call it for justice, nor any pleaded for truth. They trust in vanity and speak what? Lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Do you see why lying is dangerous? When you have vanity in your heart, God don't even hear you. But the church has taken this lightly. And it's become easy for church folk to lie. Listen to me closely. In order to touch the presence of God, 
and his presence manifests in you. In our modern phrase, you got to get real. Dear neighbor, it's time for you to get real. Turn to somebody else, it's time for you to get real. You got to get real. You got to get real. You got to get real. Come on. You got to lay aside any inkling of putting on or pretending and be absolutely, completely honest. Somebody say, be honest. Come on, there are innuendos. There's implications. It's because, because of the world we're in, it's just all around us, this phoniness. This phoniness is all around us, folks. But the Bible says we're supposed to be the light of the world. And the thing that sanctifies us, the thing that makes us different is his truth and his word is true. What makes you different from everybody else on your job is your truth that comes out your mouth, not lying with everybody else. That's how they know you're different. That's how they know you represent Jesus because he is true. Not you lying on a job. Lying because you don't want to get in trouble. You try to save face, save pride. No, you didn't do it, but you know you were supposed to do it, but you didn't do it. So you make up some excuse because you lie. Because of pride and you want to impress. Come on, say amen, somebody. Go back to John 4, 23. What makes us different is truth, folks. Get that in your heart. Don't worry about anybody's money here. You're here. You're here. So well, since you're here, you were supposed to hear this. Sometimes we'll sit there and think, boy, some so should have been here. Well, they're not. But God made sure you were here. <laughs> I guarantee you, you can count 10 people on your hand right now that should be here, that should hear this message, because you know they lie. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? <laughs> Go back to John 4, 23. Once again, it says, for the hour cometh, and now is, when two worshipers shall worship the Father in what? Spirit and in truth. For the Father, what? Seeketh such to worship him. Listen, Father, what? The Father what? The Father what? Seek of such to do what? Worship him. See, God is spirit. Now, we read the spirit is truth, right? God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. See, flesh is false, and there's falseness everywhere, folks. But what does Jesus say in John 6.63 again? John 6.63. There's falseness everywhere. It said, is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Are you ready for this? When you step up to another level of honesty, you will immediately touch God. what I said. When you step up to another level of honesty, you will immediately touch God. Drink that in. See, if you saw Jesus face to face and you looked into his eyes, now there would be many things you would see, but there's one thing that was going, that's going to stand out to you. That there's not any degree of any phony Nothing. All you see, you just see complete truth. And when he looks at you and says something like, I love you, you're not going, what does he mean by that? Come on, say amen something. No, 
is completely devoid of any half-truth, devoid of any pretending. Don't want to say too much. Don't want to go too far. He's total truthful. And the Bible says in 3 John 1, 3, turn there. 3 John 1, 3. The Bible says, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren come and testify of the what? Truth that is in thee, even as thou what? Walketh in the what? Truth. He says, I have no greater joy. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Oh, come on. Anybody hearing me in here? The more we walk in truth, we're going to touch the spirit. If you're talking, listen, if you're talking to someone, think about it. If you're talking to someone, and they won't tell you the truth, or they keep avoiding things and hiding things. Come on, say amen, somebody. You can't get to the grace. You can't get to the anointing, but if they'll just stop it and look at you and just be honest, what happened? Grace. Grace just comes up, and the answer's there, and the healing is there. And the deliverance is there. If they just simply tell the truth. Say this out loud with me. Father, Father God, open my eyes to falseness. Open my eyes to degrees of deception about me, about anything in my life. I hate lies. I despise deception. And I love truth. I love your word. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Kenneth Copeland, in his book, Excellence in Ministry, one of the six steps that he has in there is when you strip yourself bare before God. And that's something you have to do. Strip yourself bare before God. And listen to me now, folks. And what God is preparing us for, he's preparing us for greater anointing. hear me? Greater anointing. He's preparing us for a higher calling. And what we just talked about has to take place if we want to experience the power of God to the degree God wants us to experience. I hope you're listening to me tonight. See, God will do if he will tell you if you told somebody that you're going to be there at 2 o'clock, 201 is a lie. You'll have to strip it down, folks. You'll have to strip it down. You'll have to strip it down. You'll have to strip it down. Like I said, if you, if, it's, like I said, if, if, if you have to, don't talk at all. Well, I'll also do if you and tell you, you know, if you tell somebody something and it wasn't right, stop right then. Turn around, tell them to their face, I just lied to you. Ooh. Mm -hmm. We're out of place, folks, where we're going to have to be brutally honest. Why? Because you have to be brutal with a liar. If it becomes part of your flesh, 
a part of something you do. It becomes part of your mind, and that old nasty brain will flip back over there again. You better just stop right there and say, Father, I repent. I just lied to you. I lied to you about that. Let me back up and tell you what I should have said. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. You have to do this. You have to do this if we're going to walk in these kind of anointing. You got to strip it to the bone. Strip it to the bone. Get so brutal with yourself and before God. Anybody listening to me in here? Why? Because that's when the anointing can rise. And see, we're looking closely to that time where we expect to lay hands on somebody and the sickness departs instantly right on the spot. But we're not there yet. And we won't be there until this becomes an issue. As, as we close. I said we were getting ready to close. We ain't closed yet. Acts chapter 5, verse 3. Think about Ananias and Sapphira. What did he say here? But Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to what? To lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of land. While it remained, was it not thy own? What was he trying to do? He was trying to impress. Was it, was it not thy own after it was sold? Was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in, their, in your what? In his heart. Does not lie unto men, which we think we're doing a lot of times. Not realizing God is present everywhere. God is right there with you. Even closer to that, he's in you. <laughs> Does not lie unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave it a ghost. I guess so. Great fear came upon all of them that heard these things. I guess nobody was lying after that. <laughs> this has to become an issue. This has to become an issue. Do you hear me? This has to become an issue because it's gotten too easy for us tell half-truths, to be deceptive, to beat around a bush on things. Come on, say amen, somebody, and not tell the whole truth. But yet we want to walk in this glory and walk in this anointing and walk in this power of God. When God says, I hate it. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see how serious this is? And you think about it. This hasn't been preached in the body of Christ. Hasn't been preached. People, people barely touch lying in pulpits today. But it's something that has to be taught. People have to know how God feels about even those little white lies. It's still in God's eye a lie. And he hates it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify your holy and majestic name. We give you all the glory, honor, praise. It's time for us to stop giving place to the devil. Stop giving him place in our lives. Hallelujah. 
Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you honor. Father, we thank you right now, Father God. We believe we receive of your word today. We believe right now, Father God, that the truth will make us free. Father, we endeavor to walk in truth from this day forward. We ask you to continue to deal with our hearts. The moment something comes out of our mouth, that's falseness, dishonesty, deceptive, check us. Come on, say, check me, Lord. Why? I want to walk in this anointing. I want to walk in this power. I want to be, lay, be able to lay hands on sick and they get healed instantly right on the spot. Father, help me deal with this falseness, this 